Hamshachayim Beis, Volume One, Discourse Seven, Chapter Twenty-Seven, Page Forty-Three. Many different descriptions for this uh, study. Okay, so now he's going to revert back to the Nimshal, as it's called. The Moshal was the example. There's the two examples that are the operative examples right now to understand the Tzimtzum, the concealment or the diminishment of how the spheres are in their root in the divine vision, in the cosmic vision of the artist, and how they emerge as defined realities, as the defined beings in the revealed spheres. So if you take away all the Hebrew words, basically it comes down to, think of it like the divine unconscious, the cosmic unconscious, and how that becomes something that's conscious. So it's a journey from the unconscious to the conscious. So the dilemma here is, on one hand, the conscious is rooted in the unconscious. On the other hand, it's in a completely different state of being. So, the challenge is how to explain that. Two examples are being used. One is a letter of a word. So the word would be the unconscious or the Eirein Sof Lifniat Tzimtzum. That's called the root of the energies within the hidden spheres before the Tzimtzum. That's the unconscious. The letter would be the letter that emerges, the base of Baruch. And the second example being used is a detail of a general concept. The general concept being the unconscious in this analogy. And the specific detail being what we are relating to. And explaining now the, con- the context of the first example, letters, in last chapter 26, the discussion was basically an analysis of Shayyuchud Vahamuna. Tanya, section 2, which is the second book of Tanya, Shayyuchud Vahamuna, chapter 12. And the analysis consisted of the words that he uses there to describe what is in, what's in a word. The power of a wordsmith, you can say. The wisdom. And essentially, it goes like this. The language in the Tanya was, every letter is a transmission of a particular force, a particular energy. When letters come together, besides the combination of each of those energies, a, a, something, a synergy emerges. That is the general, all-encompassing energy, and goes above them and has the power to combine and unite them. And the analysis essentially is that this Eiral Kolona, the higher force, is not just the meaning of the word that is only possible when you have the letters together, but it's an additional wisdom, not the wisdom of the concept, but the wisdom of how to express a concept, how to convey a concept. And that, and he brings several different proofs to that to demonstrate that. One, that you see the same idea can, can be conveyed in different words. Teisvus, Rosh, and Ran each conveyed it differently. Two, you see a child who may understand the idea but doesn't yet have the words. An adult who understands the concept in his, in, in within himself but it requires a different framework, a different series of words, sirufim, different combinations to express it to someone else. And then there are people who can understand something and not explain it to someone else. All demonstrates that there's a deeper wisdom than just the wisdom within the word 
the wisdom of combining letters in the proper way that convey. And he says that comes from the Chachma, from Moichen the Abba, Moichen the Godless. Bina is the understanding of the word. This is Chachma, or from the Etzema Nefesh, Yechida of the Nefesh. And then he concludes that the two languages in Tanya, the Kayecheli and Chayis, Kloli, one is the etzem, is the essence of the internal, internalized energy of a concept, as it's in its root. And chayis kloli is some type of, or makif, he says that's the difference between yechida and chaya, without explaining much. So now he's going to go back, after this example, he's going to go back to explain it all in context of what the, what, what the point of all this. Yeshleim ha'dugmam is so we're learning chapter 27. We can say the example of this. In the ten hidden spheres that were encompassed, submerged, included within the infinite divine light before the Tzimtrum. I'm sorry, they were in a level of unity. They're all combined. And in that state, they have... A, a revelation of energy. He's saying that as in the statement we're talking now, for example, when the letters are together in a word. He's going to explain now the Shayyuch of Amunah, everything that happens in the, in the same context in the ten hidden spheres. As we discussed earlier, chapters 23 and 25. So bottom line is like this. The example is for the hidden spheres as they are encompassed in the infinite divine light before the Tzimtzum. They were all united there. And therefore they had this revelation of energy because they're all united. Everything is revealed there. Again, we have to always qualify that we're not talking about actual spheres. We're talking about how the spheres are in the vision of the artist. Now, in addition to the energy that was within them in a manifest way, in an internalized, integrated way, because we're talking here about primis, we're not talking about makif, we're not talking about an energy, we're talking about the sherish, the root of the energy that will manifest in containers. Eris premium, in other words. And those energies have in them, as he's been discussing, relatively speaking, in Atsilas, some form of particle, some personality, amorphous relative to the containers. In the ten hidden spheres, it's complete pshittus. There's not, there's not no particles at all. But it's the root of what will become later particles. Or personalities. So the parenthesis is, That is, because that, that is the purpose. That is the higher purpose. That not silas, there should be ten spheres. And also, the that they should be specifically ten. As we discussed earlier, chapter 25, what we say there, that the Kavonel Yen, there should be Atzillus, and there should be ten spheres. That's the intention as it is in, in the hidden spheres. And later, when the spheres are revealed, they reveal that fact to us. So in addition to this energy that's within these hidden spheres, Oidzais, in addition to that, Hoyibam Chinesha'er Kloli, Ve'el Al-Kolana. They have in them also an air kloli, an all-encompassing energy. 
the general energy. Ha'elal kolona that rises above them all. Because remember, the Chiddush, as you said, the meaning in the Shaykh Vamuna is not just that we're talking about a combination. You know, Baruch, for example. Bez Rej Vav Chav. So yes, the Bez Rej Vav Chav is more than the sum of the parts. That's already Eirel Kolana. You have there more than just the sum of four letters. You have a meaning called blessing. But he said, the Chiddush he said was more than that. He said that, that we're talking about an additional energy. Page 43. An additional energy, which is coming from the power of Mitzarif, the power, the wisdom to combine the letters precisely and specifically in this particular way. So this is also in the hidden spheres. So now we're saying there's two basic energies within the hidden spheres. The Yeshlemish, within the unconscious itself. The Yeshlemish, because, because we can say, that the hidden spheres, besides having the sum total of all the spheres and the kavana that was in them, they also have in them the revelation of the infinite divine light that's literally because if you remember we spoke about earlier that there are really three levels. There's Eir, that's complete pshittas. There's no spheres altogether there. There's air that has spheres and kets. Infinite amount of spheres. And many infinite combinations. And then there's the ten hidden spheres that are the, the, that are the root of what will become the structure as we know it. So being that the hidden spheres are before the tzimtzum in the unconscious. So even though they are really the root of what will be coming later, but they also carry within them an energy that's beyond them, the energy of the infinite. So let me explain it with the example I was using with the artist. When we look at a piece of art, or we look at a page in Ayin Bayes, for that matter, you see a piece of a puzzle, a conscious piece that the artist conveyed to us. And in this, in this page is part of the big, whole picture. The artist, or the composer, or the author, knows the whole picture when he wrote it. When he looks at the page, and I look at the page, or we look at the page, we don't see the same, we see the same page. But one sees immediately the bigger picture, the artist does, and so on. Okay. Now, but, but, but you could argue that the page is only telling you part of what the whole picture of the of this Ayin Bezis doesn't tell you everything that the Rebbe Rashab had in his whole life, in his mind. He's a human being, a Rebbe that's far beyond just being an artist of just writing a Hemshech Ayin Bez. I mean, I have to qualify that because you can say t- writing Torahs and non Nafshik he gives his whole essence into it. But but let's use the example of a real artist. An artist makes a painting. The painting may reflect one part of his intention. He may make a thousand other paintings. The Rebbe Rashab wrote many, many Hemshech. So you could argue, you could hypothetically say that yes, the way it's in the artist, and especially in his unconscious, before he wrote it, he has it all, the vision of all the pages. Then it emerges. We work our way backwards, by from page, 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 we slowly build the a, 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 a picture, and we get back to the picture. But what's the picture? It's a synergy that's more than the sum of the parts. But it's Hemshechayim Beis. However, he's saying no, more than that. 
that just like a word doesn't just have the synergy of the letters Baruch, but it has also higher wisdom, a wisdom of how it's combined this way. So within there, there's also the energy of the artist that's beyond the painting, so to speak. So within the hidden spheres, even though God envisioned, I want to have ten spheres, and that envisioning is the hidden spheres, but remember, God is not bound to ten spheres. So the same God that envisions ten spheres also has dimensions that are beyond ten spheres, infinite spheres, and point is no spheres altogether. All that is also in some way concealed and there present in the hidden spheres. So when the hidden spheres are, let's put it this way, when, when it comes out on the conscious level, you could argue, all I see are pieces. I see a base, a reish, a vov, a chof, a page, a piece of a picture. In the unconscious, because it's connected to the source of who is conceiving of this vision, so the unconscious picture, even of a specific picture, contains also the rest of the the the, the rest. I don't know all, but a big part. Also, the infinite powers that that precede and transcend even the unconscious concept of creating this particular painting. Everything is in potential state, but 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 it, but it's a state. It's a state. Remember, there's a structure, even in the unconscious, because because Hashem, God, wants us to retrace the steps and have a relationship. In other words, let's put it this way: on a human level, when you envision, you have a business idea, or or creative idea. Right now, the idea is completely in your imagination. It could end up being a figment of your imagination, remaining there. But let's, for argument's sake, it's an idea that will come to reality. And, and, and that once you put it down on paper and make a blueprint, it's going to reflect piece by piece exactly as you envisioned it. Okay? So there's a relationship between the actual structure, let's say the building, and the blueprint, and the vision. The question is their relationship also to the part of you that's beyond your vision for this particular structure. Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. Even in the human level it is. Because you have to say an artist, even though he's making one painting, in it, we may not have the wisdom to see it, in it you can also see more of him than what he invested in there because it's coming from why did his unconscious choose to make this painting and not another one. It, with God for sure is that way. Because his intention is to be revealed. So even even in creating, let's say, let's put it this way, when you look at the world and someone say, I look at the world, is God the sum of the parts? The trees, the beauty, the, the, the mineral, vegetable, animal, man, all the species. So we say, Not like Spinoza's pantheism where nature is God and God is nature. God forbid. Nature is God, but God is not nature. But someone said to you, okay, from nature, how much can I know of God? You say, we know Elikim. We know how God manifests in nature. But is that it? The answer is no. If you study it well, since God is one Hashem Hu Elikim, you can discover, maybe through extrapolation, through Yediyas Hashlila, that there's more. You can even discover dimensions that are more than just the God that manifests in the universe. And Hashem wants it that way. He hid His, he hid his presence here. And, and there are ways to reveal a higher presence. So in other words, even within the essence spheres of the structure of existence, lie, lays and contains levels that are beyond the spheres. That, that's essentially the, the bottom line. The example is the letters of the word. I mean, it's, it's, it's very powerful. Does it have to be? And nothing has to be with God. God can do the whole thing. doesn't need unconscious altogether. He could just speak and there's a world and poof. 
The problem is we have no way in the structure that he created. The fact that he created such a structure tells us that this structure is meaningful to him. For some reason, a logical structure, even though he's not logic, but choosing logic tells you also something about him. That logic is something that the divine wants. And the divine manifests in. So, you know, the, I think Geshem Bepahara, my, my father's namesake, I once heard the analogy, the th- three people looking at a painting of a, of a field. So one says, oh, this man who made this painting must be a great farmer. Another one says, no, he must be a great artist. Because he, look at the beauty he made. Mm-hmm. And the third one said, no, he's a great artist that is beyond art and beyond farm, and that's why you can see both of them. So one, the farmer knows his world. The artist can envision something outside of himself. But it's not him. He's not a farmer. And then there's a one that the level of Alakus that in the picture, in the world, in the farm, you also see not just that he's an artist, but you also see that he's beyond it all, it all and it's also within the farm. In other words, it, it, it comes down to the unity that we do ultimately connect to all levels. Okay. Okay, so that's what we said now. That in the words, in the letters combined, there's an energy that's higher than the sum of the parts of the word, the, the word itself. And that in, this, in the Esosphere Sagnusis, it's not just that they are in the root and therefore they appreciate the depth of this entire picture, but they have within them something something beyond the picture. The Blig Vul Mamash. They had Simtsum, and through the concealment, through the Simtsum, Lias Nimshuk, Sfira Achas, Levada, which allowed, which caused the transmission of one individual sphere, meaning one detail of the ten. Ah, so now here's the tzimtzum. The tzimtzum also has therefore two effects. Besides the fact that it diminished the erpnimi, meaning the way the artist understands the details of this hemshech or of this art is far greater than the way we, the recipient, understand it. So besides that diminishment, which is a diminishing from the way the artist sees the picture to the way we see it, Oidzeis is another diminishment. There was also the the removal and the concealment of the higher energy of the Bligvul. So when we look at the page, we're really missing two things. Not missing, but it's, we, we, we have a limited view of two things. One, we have a limited vision of the whole picture, even of the Eripnimi part. Like, for example, here's the whole Hemshech Chaim Beis. You look at one page. There's no way that that one page that you look at, you understand from it the way the Rebbe Rashab would understand that page. But there's another diminishment. It's a diminishing of that which is beyond all the pages. The Blig Vul part. The Er El Al Kulona. Now, the Moshel, the Tevis Baruch the example that we gave before from the word Baruch, Baruch is Beis Reish Vav Chav. Kishemafridim Eis Aleph Mehateva when you separate one letter from the word, automatically, inevitably, the Eir El Al Kulam, for sure, is, 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 is disappears. Because, huh? One second, let's see, let's see, let's see. Because one second, once you have, here you go. Of course, two things are happening. When you look at the word Baruch, we just said there's two things. Besides, one thing is that you have now a new word. 
That is more than just a base reish vav and chaf. What is this new word? It has the meaning of blessing and all the level, levels of meaning and the spiritual meanings. Volumes can be written on the word brach. The word beis, take it outside of baruch, has no clue. We're not getting now whether there's a reish or not. I'm just saying the letter beis. So number one, it doesn't have the meaning of the word. But also he's saying, and automatically it doesn't have which is beyond the meaning, which is the power that combines all the letters, like he called it, er, chach, meich, and da'aba, automatically disappears, because it's now separate. A letter that's separate from a word doesn't have any of the, any of the, the energies that, com- that comes from its combination with other words, both the meaning of the word, which is the sheirish of er primi, the root of the in- internal energy, and also the bligvul that he's saying, the thing that's beyond. The previous chapter is a whole chapter, as I was elaborating before, that talks about that there's a synergy beyond the synergy. There's two synergies. One is a synergy of a word, and one is a synergy of the ability to compose this word and not another word. Because the same word, like he said, the Odin, you can use the word Melech. He brought the Tesus, Ran and Rosh, say the same idea in different words. He brought a whole bunch of proofs to demonstrate. So what he's saying is now, he's going back to the Moshal. In the Moshal he says, automatically... Also, the higher synergy disappears, mystolic. He's basically distinguishing between the example and the nimshal, and what the example is on. In the example, it's an inevitable natural thing. It just doesn't, doesn't you know, there's no two steps. He's going to say, in the Esther's it is two steps. Meaning two, two actual things are happening. Well, So in lamato, meaning, you know, when we look at a letter... You take away a letter, obviously you don't have the word, and you also definitely don't have the 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 the, 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 the higher force. In the Mila, for the tzimtzum, the two tzimtzumim, ha'echad the two tzimtzumim. In other words, there's two uh, forces at work, almost like two-step process. Ha'echad is the tzimtzum ha'einsof. The first one, the one. Is the concealment of the infinite? One is that the higher synergy, the one, the bligvul, the infinite force, should be nostalgic, should be removed, and concealed. Be included. It returns or becomes encompassed in atmos or in its essence. And the second is the concealment and the diminishment in the root and the source of the kav. That one sphere should emerge and not all of them combined. So in the letter, we can't really see the distinct, you, can't, you don't see two steps. Either it's a base of baruch or it's not a base of baruch. You know, we can understand that two things are being diminished, but when a base is outside of the word, of the word automatically you have two things happening. One, you don't have a word. You definitely don't have a that's higher energy. He says, Lamaila, it's two steps. One, there's a concealment. The symptom conceals the bligvul. So you don't see the part of the artist that's beyond the art. And then even the root of the art, kav is the, is the, is the structure, obviously. Kav is the carrier. Even the root of the kav, even that also has a concealment. And what's that concealment? That only one sphere emerges and not all of them together. Okay. So apparently the first symptom is the is the how old how old uh Bligvo. Yeah. And the second one is the, the, the is the is the er within the root of the er of the bar like baruch, like the meaning of the word baruch, for example.
V'yesh leima, now we can say, T'kashahoy yamer ha'er ha'bligvul mamish. We can say that when the bligvul mamish, the higher, er al-kolona, was radiating the infinite, the literal, he keeps saying mamish. Why does he say mamish? Because he's not talking about, because all of them are bligvul, remember. Because they're all ifniat simtsum. But one is bligvul that's relative, so to speak, and one is bligvul that's real bligvul. Because one, esosphiris agnusis, at the end of the day, it says esosphiris. Yes, it's true. It's in God's mind. It's only a vision. It's God's will. It's how he envisions what's going to be. But but he's envisioning ten and not infinite. You know, and a very, just use a basic example in relationships. Two people really in love with each other. The question is, how deep do they really get connected? We all know that there's a part in a person that doesn't even emerge even to yourself. You know, the deepest part of your soul. So we say this is a soulmate. Is a soulmate all the way to the Etzman Efesh? Or is it only... No, we understand it's more than just what you speak with the other person. It's more than just what you feel. And more than what you... Because there's a deeper connection. Now there's a Kedushin. There's a third partner. There's a soul connection. But how deep does it go? What about the part of you that you don't ever express? doesn't ever express. The part of you that you express, obviously, you share with someone else your life. But the part you never express. Liba la as I said, even to yourself, your own unconscious. Is your unconscious connected to the unconscious of your spouse? That's a good way to put it. You know, the answer is absolutely. But first of all, because, why? why? Because, I mean, it's not because of our effort, because that's what real love, I'm talking about real love in a healthy relationship, obviously. Because that's the way God made it. He said, I'm, I'm letting you connect, not just in the things that you consciously can connect with. And things you can speak about. And even there, there are levels that we don't, that we have to communicate. But even the part that is the, the bligvul of you, so to speak, that is that is really almost is exclusively yours because it's not even expressed anywhere. It's not expressed in your relationship in any conscious way. Even that also manifests. But in order for existence to be, God God conceals that part. So when we see an individual sphere, two concealments are taking place. One, the sphere is only one page instead of an entire book. And even the part that's beyond the book, or, or not even, also the part beyond the book is also concealed, and so on. But in the essence of is they're all there. See, the point here, even though he's emphasizing the concealment part, obviously the goal is to understand that it's still there somewhere. Because what's the point? Just to tell us that it was there and then taken away? It's like when we teach, we teach a child the entire Torah in his mother's womb. And then there's a symptom, complete concealment. So the Alter Rebbe makes it clear. What's the point of teaching? The answer is because it's really there unconscious, except you couldn't survive if it was revealed. So you have to grow slowly, acclimate yourself, build, expand your containers till you make it part of you. So at the end of the day, he's not saying it right now, but he will say that the, the, the revealed spheres have everything from the hidden spheres, even the parts that were concealed. However, for the spheres to emerge, you need this, this, this two-step process is, nece- is the necessary. Well, we know that because even from the containers, the containers will ultimately become containers for everything. But now we're still talking the process of how it comes to be. Okay. Okay. One second. We can say the Kashay made a Rabbi Gvul Mamish. 
that when the when in the ten hidden spheres, when the energy, the bligvul mamish, the higher, the oila al kolona, the higher synergy, was radiating. In that state, even though he's speaking lashon over past, because he's talking about not real time, he means that stage before it becomes the next stage. Because right now we also have hidden spheres. All this is happening all the time. So he's saying that in that stage, the hidden spheres were completely subjugated, completely sublimated, completely. Like the light of the sun, the, the rays of the sun within the sun. Commission is As we discussed earlier, chapter 18. And that's why first there was the tzimtzum that concealed this infinite light. And then the second symptom, the concealment that concealed the hidden spheres, that only one sphere should emerge and not all. So that's the order. So in other words, when you work from the top down, it works the other way around. Think of it like this. Here's the artist, before he's envisioning anything. Again, before is only conceptually. He has not yet envisioned that he's going to write Hemshechayim Beis. There's a state like that. Then there comes the day where he begins to start thinking and, and, and contemplating that I'm going to write this composition, this, this discourse. And it's going to be filled with thousands of details and so on and so forth. Then he begins to write. And then it's published. We have it now. We work our way backwards from the bottom up. We learn page by page and we're trying to figure out but let's for a moment go the other way around. How did it come into being? So it came into being that there was Eir HaBligvul. It was a Bligvul state. Again, I'm using an example of, of human, but it's similar. It's amorphous. There's, 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 no, there's, not, even the struct, there's not even the vision of it. You don't even, even begin to imagine it. That then manifests in a specific vision. That vision, while it's all still not unconscious, it's all, as I said, completely sublimated in the Bligvul. Even though, if you dissect it, you'd say, one second, are you thinking already about this particular work? Yeah. But the way you think about it there is so connected to the rest of you that it's all, as you said, bottle. So the first concealment for anything to happen is he has to separate, so to speak, between his bligvul and his vision of the gvul. Not the gvul yet, it's, it's a vision of this particular. So right now I'm going to be focusing. It's like a teacher who has to put all his ideas aside. I'm going to now be teaching you this page or this book. I'm going to be writing and teaching this book. So that's the first concealment. The bligvul is concealed from... Then comes the second thing. Now, how do we get from the vision of the composition into an actual composition that you and I can relate to? And that's the symptom that he's calling the, the symptom in the Esosphere Sagnusus. Meaning in the Shoshe Ha'eris, the symptom that allows the Kav to emerge. For Inyan who and the Inyan in this is... And the parenthesis, yeah, it's I am Asher Kosher Belukutetera. Explore or delve into what it says, Lukutetera Babir, Habez de Shedani. In the second beer, it's in Shir Shirim, Shedani, Safe Pedakalf, end of chapter one. So if we really learn this properly, we would open up Lukutetera now and look what it says there. As it is, I'll look it up and I'll let you know what I find. The Hinin is barely ill. He's now explaining this whole thing. 
now, because we discussed earlier, Pedic Tazayan, chapter 16, that the ten spheres, you see how it fits to the example I'm giving, is Aliyah Sadatsan. That the level where already rose in his will that he wants existence. The artist has decided this is what he wants. We're not talking about the artist on his own before there's any vision like that. That in his formless and seamless and shapeless will arose that he wants something specific. This is what we discussed earlier in chapter 16. And the bligvul energy is what is the level before it arose in his will. Just for the record, this is critical in the whole Hemshech Hayim Beis. Because the whole Hemshech began, if you go back to chapter 1, with this. How does an etzem manifest? Keser is the first interface, because Keser is Ratzin. If the essence of the unconscious doesn't want and desire something, you're going nowhere. So the so Kedem Aleyser Ratzin, Aleyser Ratzin is like before Keser, and, and Aleyser Ratzin is Keser. Though he's not using those words, I just want to connect it. So we have two levels. Which we just discussed as well. One is Aleisa Ratzin, where it arose in the artist's will and desire. And one is before, which is the Bligvul. And there, the Sfiris Adein Ketz. It's not ten, and there's no limit to them, and there's no shape and form and nothing. And we explained there, This is very, very fundamental here. That these two things are the root and source of what would later become Seva of Kalaman, the energy that surrounds the worlds, or Mamalakam, the energy that permeates. It's obvious which is which. The Kedem Alei Saratzin is the Bligvul, is the root of Seva of Kalaman, and the Alei Saratzin, what is is the root of, of, of Gvul. So think of it like everything we know, remember, it's the challenge here is, just like I say it, I want to state it, even though I've said it a hundred times, the challenge here is not to think the way we think about things. We think about things, it's either physical, either, either it's a shape or it's not a shape. It's not that way. There's really two, four, two states in everything. There's the vision and there's the actual. Even a human being. You imagine something and then you go and act on it. You plan something in your mind and you act on it. So right here, see we, we live in a tangible world, so everything is tangible and then everything else is somewhat abstract. Remember from Atmos, everything is backwards. It starts from abstract and then it becomes tangible. So, or even beyond abstract. So that's the root of Baruch Hu. This is the root and the source of Sevamala, as their root, as they're encompassed in the infinite divine light. It's like he says at length, discusses this at length in the Drush, the famous Samagavov. Which is, as we know, a twin to Ayim Beis said six years earlier. Some of both. Save of Mamala? He's talking the source. How are they? No, no, the source before the symptom. This is all before the symptom here. Yeah, then starts a new discussion. No, one second. Then starts a new discussion. By Indian who... He's speaking. This is before the Tzimtzum. He's not explaining. He's going back to explain the whole thing. 
He finished with that. The Tzimtzum happened. Okay. Now he's explaining this. He's, he's, this is a full explanation. He's coming, he's coming full circle here. And now. The Eira Mamala doesn't just come, that also comes from the Eira Sevev. In other words, when we say the root, it's not like Atmos. Let me explain. You know, we learned before that the Kav, even though the Kalim have a root beyond energy, but it's the energy that brings the Kalim into being. Just like this body has a root besides the soul, but it's upon the conception of a, of a seed, it's fertilized, the conception of a child, the soul help, makes the seed grow. So the same is true that even though Mal and Sev have two roots, Er Abligvul, Er Hagvul, so to speak, but even the Er Hagvul comes through the Er Habligvul. In other words, everything starts from the Er in general. That Er will divide into two Er's. One is Kedem Alesa Ratzin, before the rose in his will, and the one is rising in the will, and that will be the root of Mala Sev. So now he's saying, now, Eda Mala Nimshach Mbchinus Eda Sevev comes from Eda Sevev. This is critical for the ultimate unity of it all. It's not just two separate parallel worlds. They're two separate energies, but they're rooted in the same place. So now he's going to explain, And according to what we explained here, we have to say, the Einzeh Mbchinus Eda Sevev Mamash. That when we say Mamalakam, it comes from Sevev. It's not literally from Sevev. In other words, it's not like it's not like so-called the outer surface level of the infinite light. He's saying that it's kol there. It's in- included there, but it's not rooted there. Let, let, let's, let's read, we'll see. Okay, what he's qualifying here basically is saying the following. That um, since we're talking about two roots, so even though the Erha Mamala which is like the air of the ten hidden spheres, comes from the Sevev, but you can interpret it two ways. You could say it actually comes from it, meaning first it's infinite light, and the outer of the infinite becomes finite light. He's saying, no, it's not that way. It's a separate type of energy. However, like the ten hidden spheres in the sun, it's like the rays of the sun within the sun. Before the Tzimtzum, they're part of the obligable unco- unconscious. In other words, the part of the artist that envisions the art, you, you could argue, is really just an extension of his infinite part that now is chosen to be... Uh, says, no, it is a distinct entity, but, in, but within his unconscious, it's all one. So it's color there instead of it being an expression of it. That's essentially what he's distinguishing here. So even though it's not literally rooted there, it's rooted in its own source, Mamala, but it's definitely completely encompassed there and completely united with this infinite in Eden In other words, there's no two. Before the Tzimtzum, you're not going to find two. The are not going to be two separate entities. They're all in one, um, all encompassed in the one infinite light. 
like it sells elsewhere in the, in the Indian of Tzitzis. Shein min konof. When we make tzitzis, it has to be min konof, which is um, same, material. same material as the konof, as the as the edge of the of the as the as the uh, uh, as the garment. Huh? Yeah. The ima yeshe'inim konof mamish. Even though no, you cannot make them. They have to be separate. You can't like like say you know take the edges of a talus cotton of its right of the garment and just cut it in part parts. It has min konof, but not the konof itself. Sheina konof mamish, the konof umatalis. The konof, which is the edge, abacamphis, it's the edge of the garment of the talis. That, the konof itself, the garment itself, is levush malchus, is sevev kalaman. Talis, it surrounds you. And we know tzitzis. Va'alamet beis chutin did tzitzis and the 32 strands, the 32 knots of the tzitzis, she'en lamet beis nesivis chokma. That's not keser, not sevev kalaman. They're the 32 paths of wisdom. The b'shoshin hena esos sviris agnuzis. In the root, this is the head of sviris. Sheres b'chines malak kalaman. They're not from the actual garment. Which is the infinite light. He's giving a, a, a beautiful example from, uh, from you know, Tzitzis. It's min konof. means it's the same, it comes from the same uh, personality. But it's a separate entity. And Tzitzis is mamalakalaman, and talus is makif, primi, sevukalaman. That's why Tzitzis are strands. They like strands of hair. They draw the, 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 from the level of the makif into the primis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, that, so they're not konof mamish, but they're mean. Nevertheless, they are bound and united with the garment. They mean konof. So two things. First of all, they're bound to it. They come, you know, they're connected. And second of all, they're from the same, from the same, uh, what do we say? The same properties, the same uh, material, right? What time do we have? Vahainu, now in the parentheses he adds, Vahainu, She'enze Kameshar Shehakelin. This is a very important qualification. I see this parentheses is not a short one. Actually, it goes to the end of the chapter? No. Yeah, yeah. So let's go. Vahainu, She'enze Kameshar Shehakelin. This is not like the root of the containers. As he's going to explain, the root of the containers are not Min Kanaf. It's not like the root of the containers are cool and bait and soft as they're encompassed in the infinite light. Even though the containers, the way they're encompassed there, they're also literally ain't safe, infinite. But at the end of the day, they're just letters. But the root of the energies are actual energy. And 
And we can say, just, just like in Atzillus, he's explaining the difference between Eris and Kalim here in the root. Just like in Atzillus, we say in Tikkun Ezer, we say, he and his energy is one. He and his Kalim containers are one. Before he reconciled that with Erizal that says, Chayu is Meichen, intelligence, intellect, and Gamui is Midis. So what do we say? Why does it say twice? Why does it just say? He says, He says, Clearly identifying there's two different types of unity going on. And explained in many places, in different places, in several places. That you cannot compare the unity of the containers to the unity of the energies. Containers that unite with the energies, they're like two separate things that become connected, become united. But the unity of the energies with the emanator, the, the, the cosmic emanator, the supernal emanator, it's not two things that you bring together. It's an, a unity and a dveikus, and a cleaving, literally, mamish, completely. To the extent that energy is actually similar to the source, like min kanaf. So just like we explained it in Atzillus, you see constantly there's this comparison of how things are in Atzillus, and similarly, in more subtle form, it's how it is before the tzimtzum. The same thing we can say in its root and its source, in the energy, in infinite energy before the tzimtzum, that the ten spheres, that they're the root of the ten hidden spheres, that is. They are bound and united with the energy, the infinite energy of and they're me'en ha'moyer. They have within them a similarity to it. Like he said with the tzitzis. That it's part of it. It's an extent. It's, it's, it's coming, it's connected to the garment, to the makif, to the panimi same of klaman. And it's min konof, me'in hamoyer. Even though it's er panimi, it's internal energy, and seiv klaman is not, and we just explained that they're not one. They're just one is encompassed in the other. Nevertheless, it's still it's similar to its air. As air, it has a transcendent quality, and that means it's min kanaf. It's from the same material. So, in other words, seva and mamala are similar in their transcendence. Kalim don't have transcendence. Kalim are identity. It's true, like he says, before the chimtzim, the kalim are ain't safe mamish because there's no kali there. But let's put it this way. Let's go back to the example of the artist. The artist has the bligvul of the artist, unconscious. There's the gvul, erha gvul of the artist. He's envisioning the art. But then he envisions, for me to make art, I need to have instruments. So the, instru- the, the envisioning of the instruments is the kayecha gvul within the unconscious. But by nature, the kayecha gvul is obviously exactly what it is, an instrument. It's, 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 it does not... The, the instrument does not reflect the source in any revealed way. Whereas the vision of the artist, even though it's a limited vision to this particular piece of art, is and in that sense it has a commonality, it's transcendent in nature. Bottom line is when they will emerge after the tzimtzum, we're going to learn. The Erha Blikvul is one that creates Bittl. The Erha Gvul is one that creates a connection that is transcendent. 
And the and Gvul itself just creates identity. If you only have Kalim later, you won't be able to experience transcendence. The Eir HaGvul helps containers experience transcendence on their terms. The Eir HaBligvul helps create transcendence on divine terms, which is Bittl. This will be discussed a lot later. And we can say, We can say this level, we're talking about Eir HaGvul, the source of the Kav, the root of the finite energies, you can say, this is considered which is of course a, 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 a challenging word. means the lowest level of infinite light, which seems contradictory, but there's no levels there. But that's what it's called in order for us to be able to relate to it. It doesn't mean actual letter. Like he says, like it's written in Eitz Chaim Gate 41 about Atik, that this is the ultimate, the lowest, the epitome, the lowest level. The, 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 the utterly lowest level, Shvela, and Shvela is even, you know, the, the, the inferior, in Einsef. And as we already explained earlier, chapter 15, that the ten hidden spheres, that's Atik Avak. Ah, so it all works. So in other words, the ten hidden spheres is the Achreina, like Atik, of Ein Seif. The Lechid Ein Muvah. Ma Shaykh Lehem B'chinus Achreina B'dav Hashem B'Rej Reseif. Lechid Ein Ostensibly, this is not understood at all. How could you say Loeb, Achreina, the last, in a thing that has no beginning and end? Like it says in Eitz Chaim in the beginning, quoted earlier, cited earlier, that the infinite light that would fill the entire black hole, the entire space, empty space, it had no top and bottom, it had no above and below, it had no beginning and no end, no top, no end, and no upper and lower. How could you suddenly say achreina? That is the end, the end, achreina, the last. It's explained in the In the explanation of Shchedani, he quoted it earlier in the parentheses, the Bir Habeiz. Shchedani, the Hainu Bchinis. The Hainu Bchinis, what's Aleph of Reish? No, 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 not Emek Verechev. Erech Verechev. Yeah, I think it's Erech Verechev. That's talking about the Erech Verechev of Einsef. That is the length and the width of Einsef, metaphorically speaking. It explains there that being, that air is ultimately a reflection alone. It's not an essence. So it has in it dimensions. Spiritual dimensions, and that's the level of Achreina. Visham, and there he explains also the that what it says in Eitz that it means the, the utterly lowest level, 
is not referring, the intention there is not on the general energy. He's not referring to the general energy, just saying that the, from the lowest level of that energy, you have Atik. Because we can say that this is the level of the ten hidden spheres, which is encompassed. This is the encompassment of of Mimal Kalaman as it's encompassed in the infinite light of Seif of Kalaman. That's the level. That's the lowest level in Eden Sof. Bottom line is, well, it's not actual level. We don't have an actual level called called lowest. We're talking about, relatively speaking, we're talking about a dimension where it arose in his will. So that's what we mean lowest, as in that there is a, there is a, a state here where the artist is envisioning the structure. This is Kalos. What does it mean that Mamala is included in the Bligvul? In the infinite, is that this infinite light envisioned within himself the transmission of something that is finite? As I said, the infinite unconscious of the artist envisioned something that is going to be finite. Look before chapter 16, the Tsurshaboy, the power within him, like the rock within him, is the source of the Havaya, the source of all the beings from the name Havaya. This hashara, this envisioning, is the lowest, so to speak, element within the unconscious of the artist. And this is the level where it arose in his will. This is the envisioning, above mentioned envisioning, in the infinite light. Within the infinite light. This is the lowest level in infinite light. We can say this is also the intention there in the beer, the explanation of Shredani, and in the example and in the what the example comes to explain in Tanya chapter fifty-one. What does he say there about the faculties of the soul? They're not the essence of the soul. He spoke about this earlier as well. What are the, how do the faculties rest within the soul? We know they're not the essence of the soul. There's 613 faculties, different types of faculties and energies that are encompassed within the soul. And they manifest in the mind. Because the mind is the central nervous system. So they manifest in the mind. And from the mind, it transmits to all the organs and parts of the body. The nefesh is like the bligvul, like I said. And what is the example of the keiches, the faculties that are encompassed in it? That's the ten hidden spheres, the level of atik of ak. Like he said, which are encompassed in the infinite light that's beyond its spheres. This in being encompassed is the hashada hanal, is this envisioning that I mentioned above. And from this, was transmitted the kav, the thin ray of light, that manifests and dresses up in arich. This is ak. It manifests in arich. So from atik, 
which is the envisioning of the image of the structure. From there emerged and is transmitted the kav, which creates the next level, arich, of the, the all-encompassing so-called macrocosmic arich, which is ak. Yeah. The nimtza, so we can see from this, the b'chinus eses, we see from this that the ten hidden spheres, as they're encompassed in Eden Sof, not actual spheres, but how he envisions them, this is what we mean by achreina. So there's no bottom up, top and bottom. Achreina meaning a level that is, defi- is beginning to become defined in himself. We can say this is in general malchus de ensof bechlal. In general. And even though the infinite light, you can't say ten spheres, rather only infinite spheres as he mentioned before. So then how do, you, how, does, how do we reconcile the two? The union in this is the Hine, because now we explained earlier in chapter 16, the Sphere saying cats, infinite amount of spheres means that they're infinite. They're bleak They have no limit, no parameters. However, the envisioning, the imagining the of this transmission, which is in a form of gvul, the transmission of gvul, you can say this is the malchus with an gvul. How does he answer the question? I'm not sure. Okay, he's saying it's the malchus of Ainsof Habligvul. That's it is the Ainsof Bligvul, but the malchus of it is when he envisions. In other words, Bligvul is envisioning, but then it's a part of the Bligvul. And we said before it's not part. Okay. I am Ashis Bar the Common Pedic. Look later, Pedic chapter. He says it's not chapter anymore. It's Vahi. Vahi Ayan. And Tofreshain hates in the second volume, page eight. 935, okay. And from there we'll understand here. So I guess we have to look there to really understand the answer. I'll look it up. And then a parenthesis, he concludes in this chapter, and the explanation of this Yeshleimer, we can say, according to what it says elsewhere, the Malchus, the lowest level is called leg, the fish above, because in it and through it, is the transmission from a higher world to a lower world, which is a transmission from one from one personality to another. Like from Atsilas to Biyah, complete different personality. The same thing we can say in the infinite light before the Tzimtzum, that the envisioning that there should be a transmission in a form of Gvul, of finite, that's the level of Malchus. So he's adding this regal. Okay, that's because Malchus is like the bridge between the two worlds. So also Malchus the Ainsaf is the bridge. Kitzer, summary. The example for this is that before the Tzimtzum, the infinite light radiated on the ten hidden spheres, including the Era El Al Kulana, beyond the synergy, the higher synergy. And the concealment was in two things. The removal, so to speak, of the infinite, 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 
And the second thing was that there should be the emanation of one individual sphere. Because the root of energies, as we said, that is similar to the to the light, the transcendent in nature. It's not exactly, it's minkov, it's from the same material of the makif, of the sev of the of the of the garment. And we can say this is the lowest level of the, this is what means by the lowest level of the energy. Because what's their iskalusa? What means that they are joined together, they're encompassed in one another? It means that the infinite light envisioned that it would radiate in finite. The question then is why is it minkanov? Why is it not the Kanaf itself? Because I guess the Gvul part is not. Okay, I'll have to go through this. This envisioning is in the level of Malchus. And everything was encompassed in the infinite light. I have to look up elsewhere because clearly he's saying, in the beginning he said it's not the Bli Gvul that's envisioning Gvul. It's the, it's, and here he does say it's envisioning. So if that's the case, then they are one. And yet it's Esosphere Sagnuzis. He must mean that once he envisions it, the, the thing that he envisions is not part of what was before. It's the part of the before that allowed this to emerge. But this does not have that in it. Only the similarity of transcendence. Something like that is what I would think it would be. So the Er HaBlikvul includes the Er HaGvul within it. But the Er HaGvul does not have all the Er HaBlikvul. Because it's ten spheres, not infinite spheres. But it maintains, retains this, the personality of transcendence, that it does, which the containers don't have, and they're like even not the tzitzis. They're outside, they're the container. They're not even part of the... Okay, let's conclude here. Chapter 27, page 43 and 44.